Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858 858. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Market Watch podcast. It's proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au, home of the best of the best multis. Now, ladies and gentlemen, new technology. Yeah, baby. Now, of the three people who are on here, who would you least likely assume would be the chief technology officer? We're going to answer that very shortly. We know that Tristan Merlihan is way down the rankings there at topsport.com.au, but we might wipe the slate clean to start a new year. And of course, Jared Condon from readingtheplay.com.au. The San Francisco 49ers have a win, so he puts the cap back on. How are you, gentlemen, in 2024? Very good, Jimmy. And yes, spoiler alert, I don't. I think there's only one spot my rankings are lower than the, uh, the Merlihan household at the moment, and that's the IT uh, rankings <laughs> in Top Sport HQ. So certainly wasn't me that put this together, but uh, it was, it's, it's a very good job. And uh, whoever is taking the mantle, uh, I, I think, is, 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 could be putting a resume into our office to, uh, to potentially take over at Top Sport HQ. But no, it's been a big week, obviously, getting through New Year's Eve, uh, big race day and sporting day on New Year's Day. We've got test cricket, we've got NFL, one week of the season going and uh, got left to go. And uh, yeah, it should, be a, it should be a good week ahead. Well, it's a new year. We've got a clean slate for the lunch bets. Um, Jimmy, just before we started recording, is walking around there pumping the air. That's two years in a row, Jimmy. See, we're fair enough to actually mention two years in a row and we've got the lunch bet trophy on its way to you. Um, sitting on the mantelpiece for future recordings and happy new year to everybody and here we are again, eh? Yeah, can't wait. Thank you, gentlemen. Humble to receive this award back to back. So uh, thank you very much for that. Jared, I've got some issues with my outgoing email server. I just wonder whether we could stay on the line after this. You might be able to uh, sort them out for me. Yes, lots of sport going on at the moment. Um, we'll, we'll wipe the slate clean when it comes to uh, the lunch bets. If you are listening to us via the podcast, uh, make sure you uh, leave a like, give us a review, wherever it is that you get your podcast. You might be watching on YouTube as well. Just to let you know, I'm having a bit of a break, heading over to the US, doing a little bit of in-depth work with some NFL clubs over there, just determining who it is that I actually support. So uh, I'll be out of action, but Jared and Tristan will be carrying the mantle in my absence, like we do always. Oh, yes, Jared. Well, uh, Jimmy, I mean, uh, Tristan and I were just discussing this morning that on the way back when you uh, ventured through the airport, which actual NFL cap you'll actually bring back. And I guess we'll probably be two weeks into the final series, so you'll probably be working out who you think's going to win and you'll come back with a Baltimore Ravens cap. Much like you, Jared, it's good not to limit yourself to just the one team. You can't putting those on yourselves, uh, I think is the wisest way to go about. Now, let's go back before we go forward. Uh, Jared, Jared, how did last week play out? Well, Jimmy, we uh, a little lean on the clicks. Uh, you did come up with a very nice bet on the Bears. Minus three, never in doubt. Absolutely uh, humbled their opponent, the hapless Falcons there, 37-17. Uh, so we picked up some money there. The lunch bets were very slim this week. We actually didn't do anything there. And just as a final wrap-up for the end of last year, you did end up with an eight margin. I think, to be honest, it's probably nine, Jimmy, because I do think that the uh, the Denver Broncos are going to pick up your bet 
over the Miami, uh, the uh, Minnesota Vikings. We've got the Broncos at eight and eight. They come off a win after benching Russell Wilson. The Vikings again another loss. That's three in a row. They're seven and nine. And I think the Vikings are in for another loss to finish the season. So we probably give you that one too. Are you conceding that one, Tristan? Uh, I'll, I'll concede it, providing it gets allocated to last year's uh, tally. Oh, so. I that. <laughs> I, literally running through my head is here. He's going to try and claim this in 2023, this bloke. Yeah, I, I had a look. It's rule 3.8.2 that if uh, if the Denver Broncos win the bet, it goes into the 2023 season. If the Vikings happen to pull out a miracle, it gets loaded into the 2024. So unfortunately, you can't argue with the rules, Jimmy. And uh, yes, I will concede that. And we'll start with a clean slate for the new year. I'll tell you what, you might have run dead stone cold motherless last in the lunch bet competition. But rules on the run with Tristan Merlihan, that's got people written all over it. <laughs> well, we, a, we, we have rules on the run. We have weekly strategy meetings, Jimmy. You just don't seem to turn up to them. Yeah, well, anytime you want to invite me, I'll be more than happy to turn up. So, uh, righto. Um, on the back of all of that, what's our charity bank balance for passing on clothing, Tristan? Yeah, so as Jared said, a little bit line on the, uh, light on the collects there on the weekend, but uh, we're still ticking along nicely. 4,883 in the kitty at the moment. That's a, that's a great ba- uh, balance. And for anybody out there that's watching uh, Pass It On Clothing and all the work they did leading into Christmas, I think they gave out something like 400 individual gifts in and around Sydney and the Central Coast to those who are homeless and less fortunate. And if you can support them, please jump in and do. And we've got uh, a nice little kitty there to kick off the new year. And Jimmy, a little bit happening in the, the test. I think you're out there today. Heading out there today, yeah, looking forward to it. So... Did we get a David Warner centre in his final test match? He's 112th, so I think Tristan will have a market up for that, no doubt. I'd be very interested to know, and to, to let you know, we're doing it on the morning of the second day. So uh, that was an incredible day's test cricket out there yesterday, Tristan. I can only imagine uh, the fluctuations in the prices when Australia had Pakistan fall for 47, and then uh, it sort of fell apart due to some great work from Mohamed Rizwan and others. Yeah, I would say, you know, when you compare it to the South Africa-India match that's happened overnight, I thought it was a very boring day of test cricket out there at the SCG where 23 wickets fell over there in South Africa. But no, it was certainly a a very exciting day of cricket. And uh, Pakistan showed a bit of fight late in that day, which which was good to see. But the market did fluctuate a lot. Uh, you know, Australia got in as low as a dollar ten when uh, Pakistan were, were four for not many at the moment. As you say, stumps day one. Australia's a dollar twenty nine. Pakistan five sixty and the draws seven fifty. Just having a look at some of the Davy Warner markets, just for people curious to know what they were. Because by the time you listen to this, we'll know what the outcome was. But David Warner to score a hundred is four dollars. His line's actually forty seven and a half. So. We are expecting to get close to that 50 run mark, and if, if he can get in, uh, then 100 isn't out of the uh, out of the question. Yeah, well, it's all set up for the day, isn't it? And gee, uh, South Africa giving away uh, test caps like they're um, in uh, cereal boxes at the present moment, and I guess that poses a separate discussion, doesn't it, Jimmy, about um, you know where the balance is around reward for test cricket and the incentive and. A bigger discussion than we need here, but, gee, it's really weakened that Test Series, hasn't it? Well, it, it, to be fair, this this Test uh, test side they got playing against India are their, their first string side, and they had a very good win in the uh, in, in, in the, the opening game, and uh, I think it's more to do with the pitch this time around, but certainly uh, certainly the next series 
uh, is going to have a very, very weakened side. And uh, that, that'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Maybe a few players might deserve their spot full-time after the batting performance uh, overnight. So I uh, had a conversation with um, our man Brad Haddon um, the other day about this South African cricket, uh, test cricket touring of New Zealand. And he had an interesting take on it, um, guys. He was talking about... So South African cricket have no money and they have no capacity to put together a, a viable first-class competition uh, to make sure that the, the path to test cricket is a competitive one. So as a result of that, you take a T20 competition and you take investment from the Indian Premier League sides. And, and therefore, when you, when you get that investment to ensure you have that, for want of a better term, middle part of the pyramid when it comes to elite cricket, you have to provide the best players when that tournament is on. And unfortunately, it's come at the time. So, so the issue here is not necessarily what South Africa have done with the selection of their team. The issue here is with the rigidity of the New Zealand cricket um, and then not moving their, their uh, being flexible with their dates. And by extension, the ICC and what they're prepared to allow home nations to do when it comes to setting up their test schedule. It's, so we, we know that financially viable is India, England and Australia at test cricket level. And everything else is not. But at T20 level, everything else is viable. So they've got to find the balance of that. And I think that's the, the more interesting part of what's coming out of that South African situation. Hey, uh, what Tristan, about the, on the, the BBL? On the oh, sorry, Jared. No, I was going to say, Jimmy, what about the BBL at the moment? Yeah, and, and that's where I was going to take you, Tristan. So... In essence, a lucky win for the Brisbane Heat last night. Rode their luck very nicely with the, the rain delays. But what we also saw was a flexing of the muscles from the Perth Scorchers. So I'd imagine those two still top two in the market. Yeah, you can say lucky, Jimmy, or you can just say time you run perfectly. A bit like that late try in the uh, first Origin match over there in Adelaide. So I don't know. It's uh, Everyone's got a different opinion on those sort of things. But, uh, yeah, we've got two clear favourites in the uh, the outright betting now. We're Perth at $2.40. Brisbane Heat three dollars twenty, the Stars six dollars, and the Sixers six fifty. It looks a racing four at the moment, but yeah, those two sides certainly cleared out up the top. So those those two sides are the only sides that can win it, and the other the other one that can win it is an individual, and that's Glenn Maxwell. Pretty, pretty fair call, and uh, ever since he's come come back into that side, he's uh, certainly turned the fortunes around of that Stars side. And you know, as you say, if, if he gets going, uh, anything's possible in those big games. So he, he doesn't bowl one game, then he comes out and bowls the next game, and he gets two for two for nine off three. Like he's, he's just an incredible cricketer. But yeah, Perth still. We said it at the start of the competition. Who's Laurie Evans? I thought he was a councillor from the Dubbo City Council, but no. <laughs> He's an international cricketer from Essex and he's smashing them all over the place. So um, it has been a good watch, no doubt. Jared, Jerome Luai signs with the West Tigers. Is this the circuit breaker that they needed? I think it's a circuit breaker into the next four years for them as a club and I think for their list and, and the strength. I mean, a lot of pressure on he to now be their marquee player moving forward. Uh, but I think very good news for the, the Tigers. Uh, yeah, certainly big money. And as Luai, I thought he handled himself very well in the press conference yesterday. I mean, he's got to look after himself. He's got to set himself up for the future. He's done exceptionally well. I mean, the guy's walking around with three premiership rings. Um, you're going to take the money. You're going to move forward. Uh, and I think a, a really good thing for the Tigers. So hopefully on the back of that, that will help them attract additional quality players and strengthen their list um, and give... 
Benji Marshall some um, clear space and fresh air and he can move forward. Um, a little bit of a watch there, I guess, next year. But, yeah, very interesting. So the thing about it is, Tristan, too, and we'll go to the premiership markets for season 2024. And obviously, Luai not there until 2025. But if the West Tigers do run last or even if they run bottom four, they've still got a story of hope that they can sell to the followers, which is the important part of it. Absolutely, and, and and I think that's the uh, that, that that's the little sign of optimism there for the uh, for the Tigers fan. They've recruited well in a few other areas. Obviously, coruscant has been playing well. They've got a few other spots there where if if a, if a few other players can join in, that there's certainly um, you know a bit of positivity coming out of that camp. The Panthers are the firm favourites to go back to back to back to back again. Three dollars eighty with the Broncos four dollars twenty. That race in the middle gets very even though you got the Rabbitohs at nine. The Storm at ten, the Rabbitohs at ten, then the Warriors and the Cowboys at seventeen dollars. So it's uh, obviously two clear favourites, which you'd expect, but then it's pretty tight in the middle of the market. With the Tigers still down there at the foot of the table in the betting terms at one hundred to one. I'll hold fire with my opinion for a few more weeks, but I did lay the Eels last year to miss the eight. Uh, I've got another big name team that's well in the market there to miss the eight this year and uh, that'll be one of my prime bets when we get to previewing all of that in uh, probably three or four weeks time we might start all of that and um, what about the state of origin markets Tristan you did mention that before have we got an opening markets for next year for a winner? Yeah, so we do. The, the Queenslanders are favourites at the moment, which uh, won't be the case uh, come the first uh, the, the first week of the uh, of the series. We, we've got the true market there now, where Queensland should be favourite, dollar eighty five, dollar ninety five. But as Jimmy is ducking under the table and uh, doing all sorts of calisthenics, we know that we know there'll be an avalanche of money on New South Wales in the weeks leading up to it when Munster or Ponga or Walsh gets get the flu, and uh, and that's when we'll see the uh, the New South Welshmen turn into rightful favourites. Well, there's all sorts of all sorts of ifs and buts about uh, final team layout, uh, layups, but uh, if New South Wales were as we see them on paper, I would have thought a dollar ninety-five was very generous. Finally, the market is responding, and it's like it's taken forty-three years with Queensland favourites. They're the they're the current champions. They've got one of the best players on the planet, the Dally M winner, Taylor Ponga, who can't make it into the seventeen. Oh. Jesus. Unbelievable. First of May uh, is, is actually the date that we'll be realigning that market just to get the uh, the, the, the sentiment right. of, the, of the story going around again. So, uh, yeah, we just want to keep our powder dry until it gets a little bit closer to the uh, to, to the first game of the series. I mean, that's going to be the biggest talking point into the naming of the first teams, isn't it? Whether Kalen Ponga is in the selection. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you be a well-balanced individual with a chip on both shoulders as a Queenslander? and have your side as favourite for the state of origin. So that's that's going to be a real challenge for Billy Slater and the bookmakers north of the border. We wish you all the best with that, Tristan. Uh, Tristan, is this the part where you remind Jimmy who won? I think I've done it three or four times already in the first part of this podcast, <laughs> and I've texted him. I normally start with a text most uh, most, when, uh, most Thursday mornings, just reminding him of the last few series scores. So uh, we've already done that a few times today. Righto, gentlemen, let's get to the NFL. Week 18, final week. We wonder about some of the sides and just how strong they're going to be, who rolls out their first-team players. But what have you seen out of coming out of week 17, Jared? Uh, yeah, you're right, Jimmy. I mean, there's a lot, of, a lot of teams are going to be resting players, especially those who already have their position confirmed in the seedings. And 
We speak of the Ravens and the 49ers now confirmed as the number one seed for the AFC or the NFC. Uh, both are going to be resting players this week. Both will then also have the advantage of a week off and be playing from home, which is a massive advantage through the opening weeks of the final series. We've got a few others um, assured now. The Cowboys come out of that win at home and very controversial circumstances at the end. I thought the referees clearly... Uh, Clearly, absolutely stuffed that up. And very interesting, going into that week, um, Adam Scheffler in the US, who's you know one of the big-name reporters, had written a story only four or five weeks ago about that particular umpiring unit. Um, there had already been three games that they'd made late game-changing decisions and got each of them wrong and were under a lot of pressure and focus and then got number four wrong. They've been demoted. They still get a game this week, but... Um, the Lions, Dan Campbell, one of the best press conferences ever afterwards. I mean, he really is a bloke you'd want to play for, isn't he? I mean, he just has so much passion and feeling for his team. Um, outside of that, the Dolphins absolutely whacked by the Ravens. Um, they're sitting number two in the AFC. The Chiefs, number three. The Chiefs really look a, uh, a fade of what they've been in recent seasons. The big stalker there is the Bills. If the Bills beat the Dolphins this week, they can clinch number two. Uh, and I think be the real challenger for the Ravens. But um, some really interesting matchups, and I think some weak lopsided games this week. And then we go into Monday in the US, known as Black Monday. And gee, I think there's at least six or seven coaches that will be sacked come Monday. Probably a few GMs with them. <clears throat> Very interesting watch on the Tennessee Titans because there's been a lot of speculation in the last couple of days that uh, Mike Fabrell, who um, is very re well regarded as a coach, has been butting heads with the GM and the management and has now privately requested a release. He still has two years to go on his contract and he is a favoured son of the Patriots. So whether there might be a little bit of shuffling in the background there is also a very interesting watch. Interesting around Nick Sirianni and the Eagles too, given their fall from grace. I think they've lost four of their last five, the Super Bowl contenders from last year. So might be a, a bit of a look. And, and just in college football, Jim Harbour, and there's lots of rumours around Jim Harbour at Michigan and, and what he's going to do. It'll be Michigan taking on Washington in that. What's it, do you get much of a turnover on that at all, Tristan? Yeah, it's it's a very popular betting event, and um, Michigan are going into that game slight favourites there. A dollar fifty three, Washington two fifty two, and four and a half is the line. But yeah, it's always a very popular market, uh, you know, and and, and we, we saw plenty of action in the semifinals as well. So two good games there as well. Oh, they were they were two cracking games, weren't they? And um, you're right, Jimmy. I, I I think you know long odds on that Jim will end up um, coaching NFL next year because there's also still pending in the background of uh, their final game, uh, this inquiry about a whole range of rubbish in the background and uh, whether you'll be penalised and um, and uh, other ramifications. And I'm sure all of that will end up forcing his hand and he'll end up somewhere in the NFL and highly sought after. He's been there before. Remember that uh, he and his brother played off in a Super Bowl yeah. um, what, about 10 years ago? Uh, but they, they were two cracking games, and I think we've got a great matchup there. And the other thing that comes out of all of this and uh, out of college is I, I think that there's at least three, four, possibly five high-quality quarterbacks that will go into the draft. And so that's going to be very interesting um, shuffling for spots and number one, number two, number three picks and how all of that unfolds. 
So defence game of Michigan and the run game of Michigan up against the passing game of Michael Penix and his wide receiver core. So, yeah, that is, that is a good matchup, and I will be there watching. Not live, but I'll be there in the US watching. So um, looking forward to that one. Watching with my you, brother-in-law, you Craig, getting... who went to Washington. So he's a... Ah. So very exciting. Are you getting to any games, Jimmy? Uh, I have to work on that. There's a game at SoFi. Uh, the Chiefs are out there. Uh, we're great to go and watch the Chiefs kick goals. Um, in the NFL, so that that will be exciting. So um, I'll get back to you on that one. Update on you, you. You might be able to buy the merchandise if you get to the game and have a new team to follow when you get back. Yeah, Chiefs on the slide. Don't know <laughs> the Chargers unless they get Jim Harbaugh. Uh, oh, leave yes. me out of that too. Um, now, what about MVP Jared Lamar Jackson puts his stamp on the competition. Yes, and I think the markets in the US, Tristan, have they not uh, basically given up that he's the man who's going to end up with the award? I mean, what was it, five touchdowns he threw last weekend and certainly absolutely dominated the, the Dolphins and ripped them apart. Yeah, he's into 101 now, so certainly looks like uh, looks like he's got it all sewn up. Um, you know, Dak, Alan, Purdy are all around that 20-to-1 mark, but yeah, Lamar Jackson, 101, I think he'll be getting the gong. Are the Ravens the new favourite for the Super Bowl, Tristan, or are the... The 49ers still holding that. 49ers have just um, opened up their mar- margin a little bit in front, actually, on the back of the the uh, games on the weekend, which is a little bit surprising. They're into three dollars in from three forty. Baltimore's three dollars eighty. Then you got the Chiefs at nine fifty. I tend to think, as you touched on, the Bills are the side that seems to be on the up there. Ten dollars with Dallas ten, Miami eleven, and Philly on the slide at twelve dollars. What are, what are the Cleveland Browns, Tristan, with Joe Flacco turning back the clock? Yeah, $34. And hasn't he done well uh, coming off the couch? And uh, and they've got a very, very good defence there. He's sort of the yeah. quarterback that can just, just drive him around and, and, and do the job that's required of him. So, you know, there's, there's worse $34 shots running around, I would have thought. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, anything else, Jared, that jumps out at you from a value point of view? I know you, you mentioned the Bills a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I... I... Listen, I, I would have thought, given that performance a couple of weeks ago, that the Ravens were much closer to the 49ers. And I know the 49ers uh, got back and won last weekend, but I still have a significant question mark over Purdy when he plays those very physical, in-your-face defensive uh, uh, teams. And the Ravens clearly has won. I think the other one is the Bills. Now, if we end up seeing an AFC final... Uh, championship game where we've got the Ravens against the Bills and one of those then going through to make uh, the play up in the Super Bowl against the 49ers, you know, I'm not sure that the 49ers are as good at things as I or others might have thought a few weeks ago. So very interesting matchup into the weeks ahead. But um, listen, I thought the my best bet this weekend, I went for a little bit of value. I thought the Tennessee Titans... Um, their record at home is very different to what they've been away. They've been very disappointing over the last couple of weeks, but they get back at home for this last final game. All the speculation around the coach, which I mentioned before, uh, very interesting and a very emotional uh, press conference from him yesterday. There's also the talk that they're going to trade Henry in the off-season, and if all of that's the case, and I think that uh, the coach and their leading player pull everybody together for one last little dig on the weekend. Uh, I think they can beat the Jags, who I think have been very disappointing. Uh, plus four and a half for a home dog. I'm all over that. So the Titans, plus four and a half, 188. This week is my best in the NFL. Tristan? 
Yeah, I think yeah, obviously they'll be trying to spoil uh, spoil Jacksonville's path to the player uh, to the winning that division as well because it, it's an interesting one there where Houston and Indianapolis play each other earlier or the day before and then the winner of that will take pole position or the clubhouse lead with Jacksonville obviously the chance to win if they if, get through if they beat the Titans. But I'm going to take us to the last game of the uh, the round where. I just think Buffalo, I, I, I think they've just got so much momentum. I think the Dolphins have battled against those those top-tier teams. So I think Buffalo is going to win the division in style. I think they're going to cover the minus three at $1.90 and uh, keep their momentum rolling as they move to the playoffs. Yes, I like the Bills as well. What have you come up with, Jimmy? Well, Chicago's been very good to me of late, Jared. So why not go to the well one more time? Chicago plus three at Green Bay. So... Finally, they're up against a, a difficult quarterback here, the Green Bay defence. So, uh, Justin Fields carrying all before them, 64 points in the last two weeks. So, uh, I reckon Chicago uh, with the plus three, I'm going to go $50 and I'm going to go Chicago head-to-head at $2.22. So, I'll have I'll, I'll split that. I'll go the 50 uh, on the plus three and the 50 on the head-to-head, please, Tristan. Uh, on the Chicago Bears and make a really difficult decision about what they do with their quarterback moving forward. Yeah, well, and their coach, Jimmy, a very interesting watch there next week because going back four weeks ago, certainly he looked like he was in for the chop. And if that was the case, that they probably moved fields on, bring in a new coach, bring in a new GM and go with a new quarterback out of the draft, remembering that they have the number one pick. So do they now keep fields, keep the coach, and do they use that number one pick to either trade down and then go with an alternate positional player? Yeah, anyway, I agree with you. I think uh, fields has really aimed up in the last couple of weeks, and you've been on the Bears train, and so it continues. Now, what about the, the, the family in Pittsburgh, Jimmy? Are they all over Pittsburgh again? Jimmy, they've found points the last couple of weeks, coming up with wins. Did they finish the season with a win? Look, if, if they've got a quarterback that doesn't want to play, I know that um, Austin, River and Avery will all put their hand up to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, if required. So I know that Mike Tomlin's got a bit of an issue there about who is in and who is out. But So we'll, we'll, we'll work on that. Look, I, I know you guys have a meeting before this, um, this chat. I had a meeting too with myself. Uh, and what I found after winning two straight championships here, I was worried about complacency. So I'm going to make sure that I get that out straight away. So your Miami versus Bills situation there, Tristan, and I know you were there chirping away in the background. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Absolutely. Miami plus three. Thank you very much, Tristan. I'll have a lunch bet on that with you. All right. Well, that sounds that's music to my ears. So that'll be uh, that, that'll be a good result, and uh, hopefully get to the clubhouse lead, and then we can just maybe even just play, play towards stumps once we're one one nil up. Mate, if I the only disappoint only disappointing part about this one, Tristan, is that next week when you and I are talking all up about being. Uh, J- Jimmy at minus two is Jimmy won't be here. He'll be on a plane somewhere listening to the podcast. No, well, the good part is I've got a very very busy next week with Magic Millions coming up, so it'll mean we can we can keep that hour and a half we normally have for our chat uh, up our sleeve for the next couple of weeks. So that's one positive out of uh, out of things. So- Jimmy, you must not uh, have watched the uh, highlights of the Dolphins last weekend against a very physical defensive opponent. My family's away. I watch the highlights of every game <laughs> last week you should have seen it. I just, just go right oh yeah I watched the highlights of that one uh, I, I tell you what if you get an early lead what I don't want you to do is to try and protect the lead one weekend like the Brisbane Broncos did at the 60 
minute marker, the 2015 grand final. I, I know that's happened a lot with Queensland-based teams over the last 12 months. Getting to the finals, one thing, boys, winning it, completely different. It's interesting, Jimmy. Uh, for New Year's Eve, I, uh, I did put up a little post about uh, being on the rooftop here and watching the brilliant fireworks here in Brisbane, which were outstanding, and put a photo up and said, you know, they're outstanding. But much like the Brisbane Broncos, lasted about 10 minutes um, into the second half, moments of brilliance, and then faded into nothing, and it didn't seem to go down very well with the Broncos supporters. A yeah. bit too soon. Sometimes, sometimes, Jared, you've got to tell people what they need you, not what they want. <laughs> From a Bronco point. Uh, righto. So we've got the lunch bet on. I've got Miami plus three over your Bills uh, versus Tristan and the floater. Condon is on the back of that as well. Absolutely. Let's go racing, gentlemen. Where are you taking us, Jared? Uh, yeah, it was a very interesting meeting this weekend. And we've got the Gold Coast back they had their uh, meeting there about three weeks ago on the new turf track, which looked outstanding. Absolutely copped a hammering of rain this week, but it does look to be clearing. Um, be very interesting to see how it races there this week as they start the first day of their millions carnival. But I thought, let's go to Ramwick, race 10, number 7, Shaken, uh, from the Godolphin Stable. I think it might be a very smart horse on the up for them. Certainly favourite here. I'll have 100 on the win at 290, and... Uh, I've been looking for a nice win to finish out the day on Saturday afternoon. What about you, Tristan? Yeah, I know they have a lot of, uh, a lot of wraps on that horse uh, from what I've heard in the past, but uh, I'm going to take us. We've got a, got a good meeting there at Randwick, but we've got a good fortnight coming up at the Gold Coast, back on the turf for the first time or the second time in a long time. Hopefully the track hasn't been too affected by the rain that we've got over here, but it's a nice meeting. I'm, I'm going to take us to Randwick, though, for... For my best, I'm going to go race eight at Sydney, number t uh, number 18, Time to Boogie, which Jimmy might be doing over there in the States. But it's a $2.80 shot. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be very hard to beat one last start. It's just got to nav navigate that awkward draw. It's drawn very, very wide, but Tommy Berry's come back in enormous form. So I'm going to take uh, the 100 on that on the nose at $2.80. Uh, I did toss up going each way there, but Jared talked me out of that in our pre-show team talk. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, lots of. I think, I think, I think if you'd been each way, we would have seen uh, Lloyd walking in the background. Lloyd, Lloyd's listening very carefully at the moment. There's been a couple of disappointments late in last year. He's looking for a much stronger start from you in 2024. I can see Tristan. It's funny. Lloyd, Lloyd said there's been a very disappointing 38 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what, what did Kerry O'Keefe say when he retired from Test cricket in 1980 and he wanted to get into the media and it took him till about the year 2000? He said, anyone can have a bad couple of decades. So there we go. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to Ramwick as well, gentlemen. I'll be cheering this one on from stateside. It's race seven, number three, Battleton. Out of the number two draw, Bjorn Baker's yard is absolutely flying. Open at 10s, got to 11s. Into eight fifty now nine dollars second up after an impressive fourth nine dollars and two dollars fifty creates some sort of uh, interesting um, pricing, doesn't it? So the all important staking plan. Remember, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. I'm going to go a hundred dollars on the nose, Tristan. Do you hear that, boy? A hundred dollars on the nose at nine dollars. Wow, it's a new year, new Jimmy. I never thought I'd see that. That's uh, that's, that's very exciting. So if we can uh, lob the result there, uh, it'll, it'll be a very, very nice start to 2024. 
Well, Tristan, the really good news about this new uh, podcast recording uh, technology is that should that win, we can edit it out next yeah. week. Yeah, that's that, very good. I, I, just, I just think we've got a good little, uh, good little clip for, that we can use many, many times throughout the year when Jimmy's <laughs> hiding under the desk because I, I think there can be many, many different uh, opportunities to use that across the, uh, the course of the next 52 weeks. Yes, indeed, indeed. Well, Jimmy, you're off to the US. Have a wonderful trip. Catch up with the family. Gee, there'll be sport galore for you to be uh, watching and uh, absorbing it all. And we look forward to all of those stories. And um, make sure as you walk through duty free, uh, Tristan and I, yeah, nice little gift, a uh, bit of merchandise. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you'll be looking after us. And we'll have that um, that uh, lunch bit uh, trophy plate framed up, ready to go for you when you get back. Just to let you know, gents, when I'm over there in America and, and you know, going to these sporting events and, and watching a lot of sport and, and thoroughly enjoying myself with the family, you'll be absent from my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> good thank on you, boys. Enjoy the off. Thank you. Be good. Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.